You gave us names? You don't think. Do you know you're the face of the Fantastic Four? A face that's about to be broken. Look, this isn't permanent, Johnny. We need to be careful until we're normal again. What if I don't want to be normal? I didn't turn into a monster. Ben! What? You need to control yourself and think before you act. Yeah, but see, that's your problem. You always think you never act. What if we got these powers for a reason? What if it's like some higher calling? A higher calling, like getting girls and making money? Is there any higher? You know what, Reed? This is who we are. Accept it. Or better yet, enjoy it. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. The Superverse one-year anniversary episode. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. A Haunted Mansion reference, obviously. Not done on the pod. Still a great movie. Well, what could we possibly talk about for our one-year anniversary? I don't know. We've done so many of the greatest superhero movies. Surely there's nothing left for us to cover. What is the most mentioned movie? On this pod. I think we all know the answer. I think if you've listened to, you know, even one episode, it's probably come up. And the answer, of course. It's the quintessential quad. It's the Fantastic Four. Oh my God, the quintessential quad. Love that. 2005. Yes. Verge. Of course. Obviously. We'll get to the other one later, but this is the one that's deserving of our one-year anniversary that has come way too soon. It does not feel like we have been putting these episodes out for remotely close to a year. Cannot believe that it started that long ago with the, uh, I think it was the WandaVision finale or series discussion. You know, we were, we've gone through a lot in our life since then, but hey, we're still here. Hey, and we're, and we're finally... coming up on Doctor Strange too, so yeah. with Wanda, yeah. obviously. Lots going on. But this is like the perfect movie for us to kind of, you know, uh, celebrate this anniversary. Because I think the reason I bring this movie up so much, because I'm the guilty party here. It's not that this movie is like the best superhero movie. Like we've obviously talked about some heavy hitters most recently with some of the Batman movies. Um, the last Cap movie. Yeah. Um, I think it's just... For me, this movie is quintessential comic book movie. Yeah. It And it's not too corny. It's still kind of based in this, like, realism, but it's not trying to be, like, gritty. Totally. It's, it, for me, it's very much like the first Spider-Man and this yeah. kind of, like, occupy a similar space. And similar time period. Right. It, it was, like, a time in comic book movies where they were learning that not everything had to be 100% corniness all the time, that they could kind of straddle both, like, funny moments and, like, good action and stuff without leaning super hard one way or the other, which is, like, obviously something, like, that's a journey that we went on watching the Batman movies, but they were not learning the right lessons. And at this point, they were starting to figure out, like, oh, like, here's... Wait, there's a good recipe here to make a good superhero movie. And they're starting to figure that out. 
Like, I don't know the movie that Joel was it Sh- Schumacher? Schumacher was trying to make, but it, it feels like he was trying to make a movie like this and didn't do it well. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was trying to do his own thing, which he certainly did his own thing. Um, but, like, they incorporated, like, the corny one-liners that you often see in comic books with like characters that you could sink your teeth into and like root for and get character development in a relatively short movie. Yeah. How long was this? I like no idea. Was it even two hours? I mean, it is mostly character development because there's, I think maybe what you had said previously to its fault is it's not a ton of action. Yeah, no, there's not. It is just a lot of, and I think, I think the fantastic four deserve to have a lot of time spent on who they are and their relationships with each other. So I would never, I, I don't, I would never say that the movie is, is worse for the fact that it has little action. I don't, I don't find that to be a problem with this at all because um, believing that these characters are like a family unit is so important to the nature of it that of course you got to treat that as a priority. And they did a really good job of that. Yeah. So I think it just continues to be a touchstone movie and certainly epitomizes that time period. Totally. And I think um, while it does epitomize the time period, it's also a time period that's kind of been started to um, be looked upon somewhat poorly, uh, just in this weird stopgap between what people consider to be like one of the best of the best with Spider-Man 2 and then you know, that time between that and the MCU starting in The Dark Knight. Although some of the movies that came out, well, like... Batman Begins came out in 2005, yes. too. So that's so, kind of odd that these came out at the same time because they don't feel like they they're don't from the same at all. year. And that, that speaks a lot to Christopher Nolan's vision and I feel like the budget also yeah. of Dark Knight. His are a lot more progressive than this. Yeah, and, but this doesn't need to be. But this was also coming out on the same time as X3 and Ghost Rider and, like, a lot of things that... You know they were they were really struggling to be like what's what makes a good superhero movie, and I think this one kind of gets lost in the shuffle. I do think it has a way worse uh, reputation than it should. And it does. People look back on this movie not like it's garbage, but like it's not great. But I also think people when they released the reboot, people came around on this more more this than the sequel. I think in my. Uh, recent readings about this franchise people still really don't like rise of the silver surfer um but i theorize that when the new one gets closer to its release date which is probably not for quite some time still um people are going to go back to watch this one and be like hey like why are we ragging on it i don't know I, i could just be making this up maybe it's just kind of been forgotten you the, think this movie's been forgotten? I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't. I don't I, think it I has don't, been. I, I think you're probably right in that in some ways it has. I feel like for people that are our age, like in our late 20s, this was a movie that a lot of people saw when they were a kid. Maybe, probably not in theaters, but like I remember getting this from the blockbuster. Oh, yeah. That, and that, I definitely that, remember when sense. Silver Surfer came out. And again, it wasn't a movie that my parents felt like we needed to go see in theaters, but like we definitely got it from Blockbuster. Right. I, I mean, you know this, I hadn't seen this when I, like, I, this missed me totally. Okay. I did forget that. Yeah. But like. And we, that's concerning. Right, it is. 
And but it goes against what I just said. <laughs> I'm an outlier, though, because I watched so few movies. Um, and the only superhero movies that I was seeing at the time were the Spider-Man ones. Everything else was going over my head. Yeah, I didn't see any of the X-Men movies either, which is why we, we had a marathon of those in like 2015. Yeah, I but those, those were a little bit ahead of our time. Like I didn't watch those until I was older and like went back and watched those and fell in love with them. Like right. when I was in high school. The first one came out when we were like four or five years old. So that makes sense. But I do... Seven or eight. The first X-Men came out in... Oh, I thought it was like 1999. 2000. Okay. It was the new millennium. So it was six. Um, but either way, I do remember though the video game adaptations of these movies. Of the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Because this was, uh, you know, this was prime time when every licensed property had a video game coming out for it. That didn't make you want to watch the movie? There were so, I mean, no, I guess because I would get all these, I was subscribed to like four video game magazines back in the day. And it was just, it was like another one of them. But you didn't play the video game. No, I never played it. Oh, okay. I just remember like seeing like ads for it all the time. I see. I thought you were like playing the video game. I was like, you didn't want to watch it after playing the video game? even, well, I didn't watch it, but I never played it because even at that time, I knew that licensed games were never that good. Oh. Even though I liked the Spider-Man game. Even like the Batman You know, I I never, well, I never played a Batman game at that point. When I was, like, in, like, 2005, 2006. But aren't they supposed to be better? Uh, well, the new ones are. Oh. At that time, there was, like, a Batman Begins game. I never played that. Well, we know like, how you know, good the Spider-Man new games Yes, of course. Are. And, like, the old Spider-Man games are pretty good. But then I played the Spider-Man 3 game. That was terrible. Oh, I played... That seems about right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it the... was accurate. Like, the Spider-Man 2 game was fantastic. No, that's this movie. <laughs> yes, you're right. Uh... And the Bionicle game, which I did love, but it was objectively terrible. So I just want you to take me through your childhood real quick. Um, so you, you Friday night, you're not like rolling up to the Blockbuster, perusing the aisles, picking out like three. I'm DVDs no, don't get me wrong. I'm rolling up to the to the Blockbuster or the Hollywood Video, depending on the mood that we were in. Um, but while sometimes, yeah, we would get DVDs and VHS tapes beforehand, I would mosey on over to the video game aisle because those also existed, and that was the main reason that I got excited to go to the stores. If I could go to the Hollywood video, I could go rent Kingdom Hearts 2 for, like, the eighth time and get a box of Zowers, and that's my weekend. (laughs) Um, And I'm sure my, my family is over in the next aisle picking out movies that if I bring them up to them now, they'd be like, well, yeah, we watched it, but you were downstairs... Planking Hearts 2 for the eighth time. I mean, I'm sure we all remember the layout of Blockbuster, no matter where you were. But, like, there was always, like, those certain shelves that were, like, the new, the newest movie that had come out. And there's, like, like a cardboard. 15 copies of it. And, like, not one is, like, underneath the other. Like, each one has their own spot on the shelf. And then they have, like, a piece of paper behind it. So then, like, if it was all sold out, like, you, know. you would just see the piece of paper. And, like... This was definitely one of those movies that like was taking up a whole shelf when it yeah, came out. Yeah. And I definitely know Silver Surfer did because I think Silver Surfer was like overhyped, the the second think, Fantastic yeah. Four movie. Um, but this movie's obviously better. Yeah. Um I but I do to watch that again, but I do have a stronger memory of seeing that one 
again, not in theaters. My family also didn't go to the movie theater a lot, but um, definitely we went to the Blockbuster a lot. You rolled up to Blockbuster extra hyped. Yeah. And then later on the library. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure we rented Fantastic Four a couple of times from the library. Of course. For free. We love and miss you, Blockbuster and Hollywood Video. And I have a soft spot for Blair Video. I think there was only one of those in existence, and it was in Southern Maryland. <laughs> but I loved it. it. had a great gumball machine. Um, and, well, I'm glad we went down memory lane, because I think it's important with this movie, because this is definitely a nostalgia movie for me. Yeah. And, like, it's not for me, but what I, I'm trying to remember if we watched this around the same time that we did the X-Men Marathon or if it was like way more recent than that. Um, but it's a movie that if it was on TV at any time, I'd be like, can we stop and watch this? Yeah. At least until the next commercial break. And then we're all hooked. I don't know how often <laughs> this movie comes on TV anymore, but I would probably feel the same way. Yeah, probably not. I think it holds <laughs> up as a movie. I actually do too. Like, I. Some of the like computer. Like CGI, I guess, is like fine, but it's not distracting. It's not like so bad it's distracting. And it could have been. Like in uh, The Phantom, that was almost distracting with how bad some of the CGI was. Agreed. I mean, that was also like 10 years earlier. Significant difference, but the effects that they had to do for this movie, they did like a pretty good job for the time period because there's no way to make Mr. Fantastic's abilities look not weird. I'm but very, they are kind of weird. They are they are super weird because when Johnny Storm is like, "That's gross," I'm like, "Yes, that is gross." Um, and I'm very interested in Especially seeing the sound effects. They <laughs> parrot. I don't know how it's going to get handled in the MCU reboot. I'm very curious, but I totally agree. Uh, I was like, I can tell that this was released in the mid 2000s, but that's like kind of a. It adds to like the charm of it. Like I think the thing looks good. I think it looks great. That was done really well. Better than like how they did the Hulk in the Edward Norton one well, in some ways. The thing's not CGI. Yeah, I didn't think That's so. It seems fact. like a costume. Let me throw this one in there for you. Super You would be able to tell if costume. it was CGI. You would. It would be terrible. It was like layers upon layers of latex. Super heavy and they did yeah. they put a lot of work into designing this thing. Do you, and do you know if they had a stunt person in it? Like, they didn't have the actor. Let me pull up my article. Because Michael Chiklis, who played Ben slash The Thing, was like... Who was to, a delight. He's great. Probably the best part of the movie. According to IMDb, anyway, he was the only one of the main four that was already a fan of the Fantastic Four in their comic book form. So he was very committed to making sure that the thing was represented as best as it could possibly be. So I think... He also kind of looks like a knockoff Bruce Willis. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, Just as a I really like him. I haven't seen him in too much. I know he was yeah. in that show, The Shield. People really liked that show, but I've never watched it. He also looks like Hank from Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. Yes, he does. Like a lot. He really does. Um, let me see if he was actually in there. I'd be so surprised if he was. They had five suits for him, so he was in it, and then four suits for the stunt people. Um, and he was in it a lot. Wow. Um, they had a heating system or a cooling system, I guess, yeah. that <laughs> pumped cool water around the body, and the water was constantly replenishing itself. Um, 
And so he was he was plugged into something that would keep the water running yeah, at all times, except when he was common. actively shooting. Like in mascot costumes, you can like put in ice packs to like cool it down. Nice. I mean, so I guess it's just a high tech ice pack. Yeah. Uh, so it seemed pretty intense. A lot of work went into that. Um, but I agree, it's if they had tried to do a full CGI thing at the time, it would have looked like trash. The other like CGI thing. Well, I mean, we'll get into it later, but the other, like, overall one, I would say is Doctor Doom, which I also not, didn't really look like CGI. I don't know if it was just makeup or what, but, I mean, early on it was clearly makeup, but yeah. when he fully transforms, I think he looks good. Yeah, he does. That I, held I, up I would well. be, I, I would think that that's makeup too, but. I think the, the one that held up the least was the fire obvious i mean kind of obviously like i think that's really hard to do even now well yeah. um and i i think there was like one scene in particular that i had the the most like difficulty with it like being distracting i don't know if i have a specific specific note on it but yeah um if i had to pick apart a weak point for the cgi it would be it would be johnny yeah, and then obviously so like, the Invisible Woman's kind of odd because it's like you just don't have anyone there, but you still want to show like her outlines. I think they did a good job with it, but I think that's just like a weird yeah. thing to have to navigate. I mean, I think, yeah, at the end of the day, these are powers that are difficult to translate to live action from the comic book page. And, you know, for, for what they had at the time, I think they made a very valiant effort. Um, there may be another reason why I liked this movie. Is that, does the reason for that rhyme with Smith's weapons? Um, I think so. <laughs> Is that who plays Cole? <laughs> I was going Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do love Chris Evans. I have no idea who do plays Doctor Doom. Do not get me wrong. I do love Chris Evans. And when I say Cole, I do mean Doctor Doom. Smith Evans. Because the person that plays Doctor Doom is named Julian McMahone. Of course. And probably, he, Mc, probably McMahon. Like Vince McMahon. Yeah. Stupid spelling. But there's an O in it. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Anyway. I'll take that out. Uh, Julian. He plays a character named Cole on Charmed, which is also a mid to early 2000s callback. The original Charmed. Obviously. And he plays a demon, but is also Phoebe's on-again, off-again lover. And I think he won over the fans there, even though he's like a bad dude. It's just fun cool to see him in Cole. this. Did you see him in this before you saw Charmed? I saw Charmed here and there when I was younger. We didn't have that channel. We didn't have the WB growing up. Now the CW. Um, so I'd watch it at friends' houses, but I got into Charmed in high school. So after Fantastic okay. Four. Okay. But on a rewatch, it's very exciting. Yeah, I, I think he was um, putting aside... 
any any qualms that, and I'm not even a Fantastic Four fan. I don't have a dog in the fight, but people's qualms with this representation of Doctor Doom aside, he was a good choice for this version. He plays a bad guy really well. Yes, like he does. smarmy. Yep. I don't know what what is Doctor Doom normally like. Is there is he not supposed to be like this kind of charming? Well, first guy? of all, let me say that I literally used the word smarmy in my notes describing him. Yeah, I said he's perfect because he's so fucking smarmy. I. I do not know, I barely know anything about Dr. Doom as a character. Um, I'm more familiar with like the visual of him. I've never read a Fantastic Four comic. I've yeah. never read any of the comics that really focus on him as a character. But, but is I, there like a big criticism of him? For this, I just don't think, like I, I think, keyword, think Dr. Doom is usually depicted as like, just, you know, he, he doesn't have like this business acumen. I don't think he's smarmy. I think he's just like, a pretty like hard edged, like, you know, he's like the leader of Latveria, like a tyrant kind of, but he's not, I also know that he's not always presented as a villain. Sometimes he works with heroes for stuff. But I think they did a good job of showing how he could have gone either way in this. Yes. But I just don't think that this is really like origin or, or personality wise. Interesting. Not how he's usually Because it seems so perfect, especially for this movie, I, I guess. I think it fits what they're doing here. But I just, I don't, my understanding is it's not a super great um, translation from the comics. I do think it's interesting that they're kind of doing a um, Goblin Osborne thing here where he's um, really actually weak. Like his board is like voting him out. They hate him. Yeah. They're like kind of out to get him, even though he's like presenting to us as like the tyrant that you're talking about. Um, and I do think that's kind of odd that they're like kind of creating sympathy for him there, even though it doesn't really work. I don't think anyone really feels sympathy for him. I agree. Um, that, that is clearly what they were trying to do. And I swear I had a note somewhere in here about his similarities to Green Goblin. I'm really, I really thought I did because that just, that it seemed really blatant to me, like taking it, like putting it in like this business uh, atmosphere and having him, you know, be, be crushed by his board and stuff. It seemed very, on the nose. The other comparison I kept making in my head, and I did this for another movie that we watched, and maybe it was because it was from a similar era. Um, this movie feels very Ghostbusters. That there's this like group of four kind of like misfits, and they're like trying to do like their business, but their business is like saving like yeah. New York or wherever they are. Um and, like, same with, like, Ghostbusters, they're, like, trying to, like, do this thing. And, like, there's this other person that's, like, running this business, I guess. Like, I don't know. It just feels pretty Ghostbusters. And some of, like, the jokes, like, where they're also really nerdy. They're like, oh, well, the quantum, da, da, da. And, like, <laughs> like two or three of the guys from Ghostbusters are also, like, really nerdy, like, trying to explain the science of it. Like, uh, other people but are like, you're really uh, just, like, getting ghosts. In English, ghosts. please. Yeah. You're really just, like, fighting ghosts. And they're just, like, really fighting, like, a yeah. villain here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. For me, in my head, there was just like these comparisons, and maybe it's because like there's this like group of four. Like, I think it's valid. Fighting. I think at, at its heart, it is a similar kind of story. 
Um, before I really get into like plot heavy stuff, I did just have like kind of overall notes on some of like the characters. I know that's what we've kind of been talking about, sure. yeah. but I don't know where you wanted to go with our convo. You just take it wherever it goes. Um, I absolutely adore Ben, the character, and I like the actor that plays him, um, the thing, and I very much resent Debbie. Debbie, worst character in the movie. Mo- like, not Doom. It's not Doom. No, she is the villain. Debbie. And I, just, I also don't buy it. Like, I don't buy that she would just completely dump him because he's, like, the thing. Like, unless she was just, like, a real piece of shit the whole time and Ben is just, like, doesn't, doesn't I just see don't her think for ben what she really would is. Ha- would be with somebody like that. You wouldn't. You would hope not. You uh, would hope not. I like that we get Carrie Washington as a result of it, and I think that's a really lovely pairing at the end of the movie. I she sucks, and I do. I don't think it. I just don't buy it. They I mean, be that much of a monster. She's the monster. She's a monster. I mean, they. Uh, I think. I think what she did is terrible, but I also totally believe it. People can say that they're they're game for whatever in their marriage, but the minute you come home wearing a trench coat and you've got a seven foot hard rock body under that trench coat, you're gonna show your true colors. And Debbie's true colors were I don't know. I don't know what color could Shallow. possibly represent that bullshit. Um, but I totally agree about Ben. I think he's like the heart of this movie because he like he's like the physical manifestation of their struggles and how you know they're they're all bickering amongst themselves over how to how to integrate with society or you know whether to go back to their old lives or embrace you know what's kind of been forced upon them and he goes through like such a intense journey yeah he has the most like growth yeah yeah and i think he the other ones kind of use him as a you know seeing what he goes through gives them perspective yeah i don't care for reed richards and i don't i think that's probably consistent with the comics that he's kind of a dick reed is a dick he's kind of like a doctor strange yeah yeah that's he's like a doctor strange kind of a more i think tony stark in the comics was more like that too yeah and they they made him likable in the movies but um, so he's just kind of annoys me. He's always annoyed me even as a child. So I don't know if I ever really like shipped him and Susie, but definitely watching it now is like, she, sh- what does she see in him? Um, I did always like Jessica Alba though, growing up. I think she's delightful, but questionable taste in men. Yep. Yep. Between, I mean, if you're, if you're having like this love triangle and it involves Reed Richards and Dr. Doom. Something has gone terribly wrong in your life. Yeah, I think this this Reed is annoying, but he's not like an outright asshole, I guess, which is nice because no. they could have made him really unlikable based on like some of the things I've heard that he's done in the comics. He's really tone deaf. Yeah, I mean, I think who calls him the smartest dumb guy? The world's Ben. D- the world's dumbest smart guy. Of course, it's Ben. Well, I think it's Ben and Johnny talking. Yeah, I, I think that is. That rings very true. Which, Street, like, book smart, but, like, completely yeah. incompetent otherwise. Which does lead us to Johnny. Yes, it does. I think he's the best part of the foursome. I mean, I love Ben, 
but Chris Evans acting his ass off. I don't. I mean, he's doing. I feel like right now Chris Evans has like two gears. Yeah, yeah. He has this gear, which is like lovable bad boy asshole, and he has Goody Two Shoes cap. Yes. And I'm not mad about it. I love both of those for him. Um, and this is like similar to his character in What's Your Number, the movie with Anna Ferris. Of course. Um, and like Knives Out, like he yeah. just does this character very well. Yeah. Just, and I love you know, it. And Knives Out, it had a bit more to it. Who doesn't have a crush on him? I mean, he's so, he's a great time in this movie. Who would have thought seeing this movie in 2005 that this would be Captain America? If you had told a Captain America that in 2005, they probably would have murdered you. If we would have told who that? A Captain America fan. Oh. Like, oh yeah, that guy? Yeah, he's going to play Cap. They'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Because who, who could see it? I would have said the same thing. Like, there's no way. He was very much like of a certain type. And he still was, I think, when he got cast as Steve. Yeah. But now it's it's hard to see him as anything else. So going back to this is like... Like, so I feel strange. like in this role in particular, he's very much filling, like, a role that Ryan Reynolds fills in, like, starting with Green Lantern, but obviously, like, in Deadpool, like, just kind of being, like, the flippant, yeah. flippant, um, you know, dude. <laughs> I can't think of a good word for it, but yeah, like, that very much, like, but, the... Yeah, Ryan Reynolds, Green Lantern, and Johnny Storm are very similar. Yes, totally agree. Johnny Storm also paid $259 for a digital camera, which I enjoyed. He's that whole bit where he's like, $259 for this digital camera? I'm like, you fucking... That looked priceless. <laughs> what a great bit. That joke honestly still holds up. <laughs> he kills. And um, digital camera then was very fun to have. Yeah, I think it was real fancy. I mean, I, I think my I mom had a digital had, camera. My mom had a camera that looked exactly like that. It was like kind of blue. And I, I thought it was the coolest thing ever because it was so small. Probably could store like 100 pictures on Very it. Very big deal. And you could see the picture. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready to talk about the actual movie now that we've um, set up all of the characters yes. and we're 30 We're half an hour in. in. Let's go. Uh, the opening with the Doctor Doom were. At that point, anyway. I don't, did they ever call him Dr. Doom? No. No. Just... But I don't know how I... That came into my vernacular. Victor Von Doom. Well, because I'm sure, like, in any conversation around the movie, they call him... Like, the character is called Dr. Doom, but... Yeah, but I wasn't in conversation with anyone I don't about know that. Then. I don't know if they say it in the second one. Maybe. Or maybe it's just you have always said that. Could be. Doom, Dr. Doom, Victor Von Doom... Hell of a name. Any case, Vic. opening with his statue is, uh, you know, that tells you all you need to know. This guy yeah. has probably built a statue to himself at the foot of his skyscraper. And he also delivers the great line, same old read, always stretching. <laughs> and in my head, I just heard a rim shot. And I just love that. They make a bunch of like little, yeah, like little uh, double entendres like that, which is so fun. What what is what is uh Susan, Susie and Vic's relationship? Because they never even kiss on the lips. And it seems like they're not in a relationship. Well, yeah, it seems like they're not According Victor, to Susan Victor thinks 
Yes, he proposes he to her. But she is like, we're She's like, business partners. I've been working with you, so and I we go out to dinner sometimes. So I have no idea how little communication there is between them for, for things to have gone this far out of control. Vastly different pages. Yeah, very... <laughs> some, they don't talk to each other. They they work together all day, and then they go home to their separate houses is the vibe that I get. It feels like they're in a royal courtship. Like, they don't do anything more than kiss on the cheek. I, yes, very chaste. I'm like, yes. Doom, have you ever been in a relationship before? Probably not. Um, and I I mean, we've talked so much about characters, but I just had an early note that I, I just really like the dynamic of the crew, and they, they set up the histories between them early on and establish... Um, how everybody feels about each other, which is nice, and it gets it like out of the way so they can expound upon it more later. And they also, uh, is it Sue hands out the outfits to everybody, and someone just says, Wow, fantastic! Yeah, you know what? there's so that, many things that, like that is okay. What is not okay is what they did in the reboot. Like, I don't this, know what they did in the reboot. So, this is like, this is cute, right? It's yeah. like, oh, like, yeah, they, he said it. He said fantastic. Right. It's also the first movie. Right. So. It's like, let's go. And in the reboot, they do it. They make a whole thing in the end where they're talking about. Oh, yeah. And uh, what do we call what's ourselves? What's his name? It's Miles Teller's like, someone's like, I guess it's Ben. He's like, wow, that's fantastic. And Miles Teller's like, wait a minute. And like, does like a dramatic turn. Say that again. And then it like cuts to black. And I'm like, God damn it. I was just like making, there's, there's this. And the it's clobber in time had, do you remember that from the reboot? No, I do remember the part you just said, but well, at the very end, they, in, in the reboot, they show like, like flashbacks, I guess. Cause I get, they're like in high school or college or something in the reboot. They're really young, yeah. but they have like a moment where if I'm remembering it right, there is times when they're like kids, Ben and Reed. Yeah, and as it's like children. Ben's older brother or something used to say it's clobber in time to Ben before he like beat him up. It's <laughs> like he's yes. like reclaiming it. And what, I remember when that came out, everyone's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Because this sounds like someone's idea of like what a a joke dramatic superhero movie would be like. You don't have to give a phrase a backstory. No. You can just say it in the moment. And like what they did in this for It's Clobbering Time was like cute. It's like it, the toy says it and it's like it is what it is. Like we're not going to dissect it because it's from the comic book. That's all you need to know. He says it in the comics. Like let's move on. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of the reboot, um, but those ones really stuck out to me. So when I heard those lines, I was like, I have to address this, but I won't talk about it anymore. Um, it's so comic-y when they get their powers. Yes. And it's like these like blasts of the sun and they're like in midair, like slow-mo, like it's rushing through them, but I'm here for it. I thought it was kind of corny, but I still like it. And I'm excited to see the next interpretation of it because honestly, like the way that it's depicted works really well for the tone of this movie. Like the whole concept of like what happened to them is like, pretty terrifying that's like the stuff of like like gravity or like a space horror movie if they wanted it to be do they get powers in gravity no they don't get powers i'm just saying like being on a space station and some shit is happening that you can't control that's like innately terrifying like also did we ever resolve the fact that reed got those numbers wrong i don't think so 
I don't think we did. Concerned, Reed, about that, those maths. He's like, if any of you tell anybody about this, I will choke you out with my bendy arm. He has a reputation to maintain. We also get the great line right before all that happens, where I think it's right after Cole Doom is proposing, and he's like, there's just four words that will change your life forever. And then um, Reed runs in, and he's like, the cloud is accelerating. You get that? The cloud is accelerating? Yeah. Oh, because it's going to change their lives. Like, not the four words that he was thinking of, but like... It is four words. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty clever, honestly. Um, and everything is just like so what's now considered classic. Like with this like board of directors I mentioned earlier, like that seems like a common trope in movies. And I don't know how common it was at the time, but like everyone loves a boardroom scene. I don't know why. <laughs> Boardrooms are very boring. We're all bored. Boarding. Yeah, I don't know. They just, it was the thing to do at the time. Like, I guess they needed um, consequences and stakes for Doom. Yeah. For Victor. I think it, he, like, he needed to be backed into a him. corner. Otherwise, he wouldn't have, he probably wouldn't have gone down the path that he did. I just thought he, like, felt left out. But he could have joined them at any time and been like, I have powers too, guys. Can I join your club? But he was too good for them. He's a he's a victim of his own doing. Yeah, he could have been. They could have been the Fantastic Five. It's still the alliteration's still there. Now, if there were two people that wanted to join, they'd have to say, "No, no, no, this doesn't work for our branding anymore." Quintessential. Quintet. Quintet still works. There you go. So they all end up in the world's worst quarantine in one of Doom's facilities where nobody's wearing a mask and everybody just wanders around oh, yeah. to each no, other's No rooms. PPE. What kind of quarantine is that? Anyone can wander in and out. Except for uh, apparently Vic because he doesn't come and bring the flowers himself. He gets them delivered. He somebody to do it. Disgusting. Which he is presumably should also be in quarantine. Maybe uh, he just didn't want to be and they couldn't say no because he's their boss. In the brief minute before I remembered that Ben hadn't gone through his transformation yet, I thought oh, Johnny right. had good bedside manner because he was like, you know, kind of talking him through it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, no, he's just fucking with him. I think this was a great bit to, because it everyone really knows that he's the thing. But then they was a really great bit. Turn it on its head. Um, I do like how quickly they get the powers and that's it's starting. Yeah. Like, we're not that far into the movie and they've already started showing their powers. Maybe 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't waste too much time. It's like a, a comfortable amount of time to, to get the group together, show you all their characters and then be like, okay, it's go time. It also sounds like the shields wouldn't have protected them because Victor was behind the space station shields. Right. I think so. And that they were like exactly. saying that his power basically embodied the shields. Yeah. But his like did take a bit longer to start showing. Yeah. So maybe that was part of it. I don't think they weren't ready for the the powers that this storm was was bringing to their station or whatever ship they were on. But I would say his seems like the second worst after the thing in terms of severity. Yeah, cuz like that's everyone else has powers that like you can control it 
and you can continue living life. And honestly, like, at least for, for, I would say Reed mostly has like powers that are just like convenient. Yeah. Everybody else, there's like a downside to it. I mean, Invisible Woman's is... Yeah. Just like a minor annoyance at having to take your clothes off to be truly invisible. I'm right. gonna I'm gonna dock a point off for that. Well, when she gets her suit. Yes. But going in like descending order from that, like definitely Doom is not having a good time with those powers. I mean Johnny's having a great time. He would say his is number one. Yes, yes he would. But I would I would disagree because I'd be spending a lot of money on clothes until you get the suit. So we get the snowboarding scene because they're near the Because it's two thousand five. Yes. And it is the most 2000s thing I've ever seen because extreme sports at the top of the game, they include the X Games. You know, I was probably really into watching Fuel TV at this time in my life. I don't even know what that is. Fuel TV was also a very 2000s thing, a channel dedicated to extreme sports. I could turn it on and they'd be showing skate videos, X Games reruns. There was this BMX series called King of the Road. I would watch that all the time. Maybe, uh aggressive inline skating as they used to call it and yet i want to turn on the olympics and you're not even watching well they don't have aggressive inline skating on the olympics yes they do they don't it's called speed skating no one no one uh does aggressive inline anymore because it was left behind in 2003 with gene co jeans but this was like this was the peak they have they're playing some 41 like we are we are in Why the zone. You? We're in the zone. If anyone has played the SSX games, this is basically an SSX intro. And I'm here for it. Yeah, this feels like a, the beginning of a movie. This feels like the beginning of like Agent Cody Banks. Yes. Yes, it does. Another movie of this like time period. Yeah. I mean Frankie like, Muniz and I have the same What's birthday. what's cool right now? Some forty one snowboarding? Put it in. Or that movie Triple uh, X with Vin Diesel. Didn't Same deal. Near the die, but I know one. it's just like, that's what it is. It didn't have a whole wall in the blockbuster. No, I'm not surprised. But like, they put out a Triple a X sequel like two years ago, and it had Vin Diesel like riding a snowmobile on a tidal wave. Is and it that was like two years ago. X? No, missed opportunity. I think it was called Triple X The Return of Xander Cage. It's a terrible name. <laughs> um, we already talked about this, but I don't. I think Reed's CGI is not bad for two thousand five. Yep, totally serviceable and gross. I like the intrigue before you actually see Ben as a thing. Like they really wait to show you what he looks like. Yes, which is a good call. Also, total Hulk energy in yeah. this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course, they're similar characters. But, like, they call the thing the big guy. He ditches the team and disappears into the wilderness. He hates himself. Yeah. All <laughs> Hulk things. I'm sure they've bonded in the comics over this. There's no way that they haven't. I would love to see a collab. I mean, hopefully it'll happen one day. At least, like, once before um, Mark Ruffalo finally retires from the MCU. Or maybe he can hang out with She-Hulk. I'm on the uh, every movie has to have a bridge scene and I'm I'm there. Oh, no, I got I got one more before that. Um, before the bridge, I only had one note, which you voiced out loud, which is how the hell does Ben get back to New York from the Alps? 
Yeah. It's a classic Batman and the Dark Knight Rises the conundrum. Pit. I mean, if he can't get on an elevator, they're not letting him on an airplane. He can't even pick up a pencil. He doesn't have any of his stuff on him, presumably. He doesn't have his passport. They're also, like, in the mountains. I have a lot of questions. Maybe in Canada. <laughs> Like, where is that in the United States? They're not. They're in the Alps. They're in they're in Switzerland. That's why that's why Johnny like wanted to go snowboarding, I think. He was like, we're in the Alps or something. Unless I just made that up. I didn't think they were specific about where they were. I have to look because I really thought they were. If it's in Canada, that makes a bit more sense. I mean, he can get some distance with his With his with his hops? Yeah. Sure. Okay, so I there is a line that Johnny says that's like the sickest runs this side of the Alps are outside that window. I really took that literally. Of course, it does this not mean side this can side. Mean anywhere. Yeah, that's literally anywhere. So they're just wherever they probably are in Canada or like fucking Vermont or something. So uh, get rid of that, but don't because it's funny. He doesn't have to hop across the Atlantic Ocean. Maybe just over a couple mountain ranges, and that he can do. It's still, like, wild that he gets to New York. Yes. Um, yeah, so I feel like Johnny's the best, and it's exhibited by the fact that he saved that boy on the bridge. Yeah. He, he, did, he did good. And I think any he, of like, the... Uh... Sorry, just so... You know, if you haven't seen the movie recently, which, what are you doing... There's like a fire like exploding uh, because of a car and like Ben's involved and like it's everyone's like a freaking tank. out. And it's about to like completely catch on fire. And Johnny wraps his body around this child and lights on fire and it keeps the child away from getting burned. And it's it's wholesome, it's sweet, and it was the best thing we've seen. He did a great job. And quite frankly, I get annoyed at all the Johnny slander by the rest of the team. Because he's having a good time with his powers. And I get it. I get it. You know, they didn't agree for him to be the face of the team or anything. Oh, he's he, certainly being irresponsible. He was a little out of control. But also, you know, he did good. I got to say, though, there's, there's this whole thing because, you know, Ben does a great job of stopping a guy from jumping off the bridge. Well, let's not Ish. say great. He stops, he stops, he stops him from jumping off the bridge. He knocks him into traffic. Succeeds it, not. Oh, he doesn't knock him, him. That guy. He falls into traffic. Gets scared. Yes, um, because well, look, I'm not going to blame the guy because he probably thought he was hallucinating. Ben stops him from getting hit by a truck, but then inadvertently causes like a 25 car pileup on the bridge. So things are things are not good, and then it's exacerbated by the fact that after things seem to start settling down, a fire truck decides to drive 70 miles per hour towards standstill traffic. And quite frankly, I just didn't know what was going on with them because somebody wasn't paying attention. They were trying to get to the emergency quickly. Maybe a little too quickly. <laughs> um, I do think this is a great first test of their skills as a team. Yes, pretty high stakes for it too. It is basically just a scene out of Spider-Man and there are four of them and only one of Spider-Man. <laughs> So everyone's doing the math there at home. <laughs> um, but they succeed. Barely. Barely. 
they would uh i i did you know I, I did say earlier that i haven't read very many fantastic four comics but there was an early amazing spider-man comic where he spider-man breaks into the fantastic four's headquarters and i don't think they would take very kindly to being unfavorably compared to spider-man because they were like we were here first not, we're, we're not hot in our shit. universe yeah, in the mcu no not or in this universe yeah honestly i can't believe that this is totally off topic for this scene i cannot believe that they never tried to cross this over with x-men these are both fox franchises and they never even i, yeah, I think but... there was maybe a deleted scene where they were going to have wolverine in this I'm kind of glad only because this is very clearly that they got their powers from this like freak incident and like it's unique for them that they have powers whereas in mutants world like you're born it's a genetic thing and anyone could have powers so like the whole idea of powers is handled very differently in the universes like they would be considered mutants in an x-men world which gives you a very different social status than if they were just. I don't think they would be considered mutants because that's like a whole thing in the comics. Is like people treat. I'm saying in the. I feel like in the movies, like how would the population know I, the yeah, difference no, between they, they them wouldn't. and mutants? Because like I feel like Wolverine's not even a mutant. Wolverine is just a guy that got a bunch of metal put in him. But so no, like, but he already had the oh, claws. Shit. I gotta delete and then that. They just, I gotta delete that. That was well, embarrassing. What about me? being the smart one you are no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take it out because that is embarrassing victory but yeah no i think i think you are right Uh, but i think you know like when they do eventually introduce x-men into the mcu we'll get to grapple with this whole thing of like what makes a mutant a mutant versus just like someone with powers because there is a difference like in but i get what you're saying i know that there's a difference i just think at this time there wasn't a way to differentiate that and in the X-Men universe that they did on screen, I don't think yeah. they could differentiate it because it was too cut and dry. You're totally right. With the, especially with their like analogies that they were doing. Now the MCU is much more sophisticated, and I feel like there are so much more nuances. In 2000, we didn't have nuances. There was no such thing. It's true. Nuance wasn't invented until at least 2009. Now, I know we already shat on Deb, but I'm going to do it some more. She comes to the bridge, sees that Ben just saved all of these people. Everyone's cheering for him. He goes over to talk to her and she's like, don't come any closer. Takes off her wedding ring, engagement ring. Doesn't even have the audacity or she has the audacity. Which one is it? She has the audacity. To put it on the ground and not to hand it to him. That is the rudest thing that she's done in the whole film. My note here is just all caps, fuck you, Debbie. Because fuck you, Debbie. Like, at least hand it to him. You know his... She's, she's scared to even get close to him. His big fingies can't pick it up. She's a coward. You piece of a, shit. And a bad partner. And Ben deserves better. And Ben gets better. And you know who makes him better? Johnny. <laughs> I just love their banter. It's, it's really good. My it's favorite really good. part of the movie is them together. Yeah. Oh, that was my part where I said, is it just me or does this all feel very Ghostbusters? Well, there you go. <laughs> Let, uh, you know, write in. Tell us if you feel like you get Ghostbuster vibes from Fantastic Four. All this is telling me is that I need to watch Ghostbusters again. I would love to rewatch Ghostbusters. 
I had a note here, and I don't know what particularly prompted it, um, but I was saying again that I don't know too much about Doom, but I really like the Latveria stuff that I do know about, um, and I wish they had done more with that aspect of his character from the start. I know that they they do acknowledge it a couple times throughout the movie, and then they really played up at the end and in the sequel, but this wasn't really, I get it, like this wasn't the place to be doing that story because they knew what they wanted to tell. And I think it would have been really hard to set up that version of Doctor Doom in tandem with this team. So I don't hold any ill will for it, but I hope we get to see like full like leader of a country Doctor Doom in the future, like in a movie, because we haven't gotten that yet. Yeah, I think that makes more sense now to introduce Doctor Doom like that. I don't know the comics, obviously, but is he supposed to be an old college mate of theirs? Or is that what people kind of didn't like about this is that they're like all previous uh, compadres. Cause it doesn't really make sense that he's like this all powerful person, unless like he's kind of like of royalty and then goes to school in the United States. A real coming to America moment for him. Yeah. Um, the fictional character biography on Wikipedia says that his exploits in Latveria, he was a he was combining sorcery and technology in his country to kind of like help them. They were like in like a civil war, and it attracted the attention of the dean of Empire State University, and he was offered the chance to study in the United States, so he went there and met Reed Richards. Okay, so that part's accurate. And they were supposed to be roommates, but Doom didn't like Reed, so he got a different roommate. <laughs> and then Reed met Ben, and they fell in love. I think he and Ben already knew each other. There was childhood. a... Victor, he created a machine that was intended to communicate with the dead because I think his mom had died. And then Reed told him that there was something wrong with the machine, um, but he didn't listen, and his face got all fucked up for using it. And Ben had messed with the machine. There's a lot going on here. And obviously not. I think we're picking up on that subtext though in the movie. Yes. They didn't, they didn't need to tell. <laughs> they couldn't have told this whole story. No, but, but we did understand the dynamic. I said that as a joke, but we did no, understand the dynamics totally. of all of them. Yeah, they make it very clear. And I, I mean, I do love that they're all like really smart, including Johnny. Like he went to MIT or whatever and they were like, you caused trouble, but like he's also like he's smart. knows what he's doing. Like I do really enjoy that. And Ben like pretends like he doesn't, but he obviously is smart too. Right. Like they all got sent to space. They wouldn't just They all worked for like NASA at yeah. some point. <laughs> so I think I've jumped ahead a little bit here too when Johnny does his own um X games. Shaving cream prank. I think that was my note about I love that banter. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was that was right before that. I only, I, I enjoyed that because, like, his, like, Chris Evans acting as Johnny in scenes like this just seems, like, so genuine. Like, he's just having a good time. And also, we had that scene where they're testing his powers, and he goes, like, they're like, you, you have to stop because you're going to go supernova. And he's like, all right, like, fine. I won't. <laughs> like, you're going to cause, like, the heat death of the universe. It's, like, such a, a, a immense amount of power to put into someone like this's hands. <laughs> He's just having a good time with it. I think I would be a little stressed out. Yeah. Maybe he is, and he takes he takes his stress out by uh, going to the X Games. He 
He doesn't seem stressed. No, he does not. I was kidding. <laughs> He's having a great time. Um, this is, I think, where I was saying that his fire seems to hold up the least. Because, like, you see his body. It's almost like in an or Like, you know, those, like, green onesie. Like a morph suit? Yeah, it's like that, but it's orange. Yeah. I mean, they're doing their best. They really are. And I think the... The CGI team was was busting their asses, but they they could only do so much. But that's not the most unrealistic part of this movie for me. It's the fact that Sue is still in love with Reed, (laughs) which is what I mentioned earlier. But now I'm in my notes and I was very funny in my notes by pairing those two notes together. (laughs) What do you see in him? It like, doesn't honestly, make any like, sense. And she's like, I wanted to move in and you couldn't deal with that fact. And I moved on smartly, but she's like still holding a candle for him and he's doing nothing. He's not even apologetic for his behavior and has shown no signs of changing. No, he's not going to see so raise your standards. Seriously. You could literally have anyone. You're Jessica Alba. Like, who are we kidding? You're Jessica Alba, but you're also Sue Storm, who is, like, super smart, super hot, and now has a superpower. That's four S's. Super, super, super Sue. (laughs) Storm! (laughs) Five S's. Oh, my God! Yeah, you know, but she looks around and she sees that Reed Richards, whose actor's name I can't pronounce, and she's like, "That's, that's the one. I gotta say, though, Ben should not have crushed the Porsche. I that was know that, up. I know that Johnny is being a dick at this point in the movie, but I'm like... They don't have money to spare. I'm like, look, man, you owe me like $70,000. 70? I feel like it's way more than that. Yeah, I really lowballed that. 200000 <laughs> Either way, yeah, you owe me a shit ton of money, dude. You're... You can't afford to have temper tantrums when you're this strong. Like, maybe, like, knock off a side mirror. You know, don't turn the whole thing into a... Key it. Yeah, sure. I can fix that. I mean, he can't hold a key. <laughs> no. No, he can't. This just get sadder and sadder. Um, yeah, it was pretty decked up. But after he uh, makes that unfortunate mistake, he does get to meet. Carrie Washington in a bar where he does embarrass himself by trying to sit on a bar stool. Um, but fortunately the bartender really comes through for him. You know, he's like, put some respect on Ben Grimm's name. Yeah. It's really and sweet. That was, it was very nice. Fuck Debbie. I don't know. I just assume they went there together. Certainly. I hope the next time Debbie walks in, the bartenders like get the fuck out. We know what you did. Um, a couple other thoughts. I think there were some Doctor Doom stuff in there too. Um, this is when he's like starting to reveal that he has powers, and of course he goes to his personal doctor. And this scene also feels very like classic. And the the movie that popped into my head is not a superhero movie, but it is the Santa Claus, <laughs> where um, Calvin goes to his doctor and is like. I shave my beard and by, dude, I look like this. <laughs> like He's just like not sure what's causing this. Um, and it's just very funny. These doctors me. are not equipped for this bullshit. Right. Yeah. Um, this could also be a Dr. Spichetman, but actually yes, it could. more competent because he's like, um, we have to let the CDC know what's going on. Dr. Spichetman would be, I don't even, 
No, he that was, was a really bad comparison. Oh, uh, but hilarious mental image because he would react in the worst way possible. I don't know what that would involve. We should be clear. Dr. Spichemin is a character from 30 Rock that is very um, comical. Yeah, if you haven't watched 30 Rock also, please check that out because Dr. Spichemin is probably only in a handful of episodes over seven seasons, but he's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I I had a, (laughs) a question mark note here about the Doom mask, the iconic Doom mask being apparently a gift to doom for his humanitarian efforts for Latveria? Love two it. question marks. What? In all caps, two question marks. What is that? I Do, love does it. Does it have cultural significance? I don't We're going to give you this terrifying robot mask. You've saved our children. It's very funny to me that that's, that's like his... You're the superhero of that country that I'm not going to try and pronounce. Latveria? Yeah, you got it. I got it. No, I just, I just think it's very funny. I do feel like they're doing a good job of telling his story in the background of this and and actually not giving him too much sympathy and just letting him be a villain that we love to hate. Yeah. Like, I think he's a very enjoyable villain because we like to dislike him. I agree. He doesn't need that much sympathy. Like, they give him... They, they show you that, like, he has these opportunities. I think that he could make life a little bit easier on himself, but instead he, like, chooses to be adversarial... Right. And he chooses to make life more difficult for himself. So it's like, well, you know, you yeah. only have so much patience. Like, I think it's interesting and cool when we get some villains that have this, like, elaborate backstory. And it's like, I feel complicated about this person because sometimes I'm rooting for them. Sometimes I'm not. Like, they're doing really bad things. But it's also just sometimes fun to, like, keep it simple. And it's like, no, we don't like him. And it's okay to not like him. And we're having fun yeah. rooting against him. Right. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Again, it's kind of cartoony, like yeah. in that it's okay to have a bad guy. <laughs> right. Like he just, he's just a bad guy. We don't need to, right. We don't need to think that hard about it. And we still have like a story about him. It's not like he's one dimensional right. or even two dimensional. And I didn't even, I don't think I had a note, but there was that one line like from like one of the guys in the boardroom about like going back to the, to the old country or something. Wasn't there like one of the guys, like when he's, scolding him about like the performance of the company he's like maybe we should have maybe you should just go back to the old country yeah like, okay we little, don't the old country not. is obviously italy like that's not <laughs> there's one not old country that. and you can't have it this is a side note that johnny storm is a great name for a character yeah it is like when they introduce him on like the motorcycle it's like yeah, that's storm. obviously not his real name and he's like yeah, yeah it is there's a scene where uh, Reed is fighting Ben. Sorry, I just got to my notes that we were introduced to Carrie Washington. Oh. So I don't know where I was earlier because I don't think I was actually at the X Games when I said I was. I don't know. Um, just had so Maybe much when to he say. was watching the X Games on TV. Was he? Well, that's he got the inspiration for it, I think. Missed that. That went over my head. I think he like sees, he's either watching it or he like sees it in like a newspaper yeah. or something and that's... That makes That's sense. That's why it goes. The only note I had on Carrie Washington was like, what a wild role for her. Yeah. Um, and she's so great in this. And she's in the next movie too, which is very enjoyable. And I just really like her. She's a great addition, but it is a wild role. I mean, she, I don't think she was somebody yet. Like, obviously, her I don't know like, too much about really it. big breakout was in Scandal, but like she had been in stuff yeah. before that. I don't know too much about her career, but Scandal was probably the first thing that I ever like heard of her name in. 
So, yeah, Doom is kind of preying on, I would say, the the instability that's brewing within the group. Vulnerable stability of Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, it was already rough because he had that argument with Johnny. I don't really think things were resolved. You know, it's tenuous at best. And Reed has promised him he's building a machine to turn him back. Yeah. Ben is under the impression that Reed is like busting his ass 24 seven working on this machine because it's high priority. Because Which of, I would say he is for the most part. Right. But I think to Ben, it's like, this is urgent. Like there's like a sense of urgency. Like he doesn't, as I feel like for Ben's perspective, like he doesn't have a life right now. Like it's not him. Yeah. And every, but like, and, and he's I think Reed is it. terrified that he could kill him, or right. worse, if he's not doing it right, because we all know he messed up the math, right, with the storm. And like, I think you know, Ben's looking around and he's like, all these other guys, like Johnny's having a fucking great time with his powers, so like, he's starting to like maybe get the feeling that like they don't want to really get rid of their powers, but he's like, Look at me. Like, I'm not happy. Like, let me, like, let's do it. Like, why are we sitting around? Yeah, and as you said, Victor preys on that because he somehow has video cameras in the Baxter building. How is that possible? I I have no idea. He hacked it. He put cameras in. I don't know. It's very (laughs) disconcerting. I also think maybe he bought the Baxter building to fuck with Reed. I don't know if that's actually a plot, but it's at least a plot in my head <laughs> that that happened. I mean, it would make sense because apparently Reed is like broke. I don't know how he yes. affords that building. but Well, yeah, he has all those final. Those like those. too many, like for the size of that building. I don't know how that works, but like that seems like a. Well, I don't think it's just, it's like rent, it's electricity, yeah. it's health insurance. He's got to pay Stan Lee. Stan Lee's character seems like he works in the Baxter building. So sure. he's paying his salary. And I just think Ben is too smart to fall for Victor's, like, thing. I wonder if it's, like, even even though Ben, who's a very smart person, he's also, like, extremely vulnerable right now. And someone in that kind of state can be convinced to do something that, in their most, like, logical, like, right mind would know, obviously, this is... Yeah. I'm being duped, but he's so desperate that it doesn't really matter. I know. I just can't believe that he fell for Vic. Like, yeah. I would expect Reed to fall for Vic. Yeah. Yeah, Ben seems like he, he had feelings. But that would it, 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 happening, it just but... makes sense all around. Yeah. But... Yeah, so, you know, they, they get in a, in a bit of a tiff here. And to me, this makes it seem like I don't know how anyone could beat Reed in a fight that's not Dr. Doom because you punch him and he just gets all squiggly elsewhere and either wraps you up, chokes you out, punches you with a 20 foot long arm. If he wants to fight you, but he doesn't want to fight then. That's true. I'm just saying that like, this was not really necessarily for this scene specifically. I'm just like, how does anyone fight Mr. Fantastic? If you don't like freeze him. Yeah. Or electrocute him. Like what, if you're just like trying to get in a fist fight, like that's a that's a really strong power. I mean, we can play with this at the end, but I would be interested in like a Spider-Man. Yeah. Versus. I mean, it's it's different because like we don't we don't see him like go toe to toe with somebody like Spider-Man. Right. Like I don't know how much he can actually take 
Like in terms of like getting like, hit. If he's getting pain. Right. Because his body stretches. Yeah. So I, don't I don't think know. they worked out all of the science on it. No. I wouldn't expect them to, but. I mean, from this point on, the movie is like over. Like they have one fight left. And that, I, that, <laughs> that, I think I agree with you. I don't know if you said it so much on this episode, but I know you've said it before. Yeah. Um, it, it is my big complaint of this movie is I want to see them be superheroes more. Right. And even in the next movie, like their whole thing is like, it's very vision Avengers two. I feel like they stole the plot from this movie with silver surfer. Yeah. But, um, it's just them like kind of fighting the silver surfer, but then realizing, oh, he's, we like him. He's cool. Yeah. We got to fight this giant cloud instead. Yeah. I don't know. We just don't get them really getting to use their powers. We get the bridge scene and we get this scene. Yeah. And then their inner fighting, which we don't even really get to see the powers used to their advantage. I think it's a mistake because when we first watched it, I was like, wait, like that's it? Like it's this fucking Doctor Doom and that's it? Well, I think Doctor Doom is a great villain. I don't think... He just deserves to be more of like... Oh, I thought you were saying like eye roll is Doctor Doom. No, like they fight him one time and they beat him first try. Like he's supposed to be like the legacy. Yeah. Like... Why not, instead of like having this thing between Reed and Ben, why not accelerate Doom a little bit here and have him like attack the Baxter building? They fight him, they lose, and he takes Ben or something. Like, yeah. Just give us, like, we need to know that he's like a force. Well, he does take Reed, and like, I think they could have just done more. Yeah. Like, I know it's like a short movie, and it's just like the constraints of like what the genre was at the time, I think is part of the reason why it worked out the way that it did. But like, if you're going to set up, they, they weren't treating doom like he's, you know, like this, this villain that he's been established in the comics. You know, he's like one of the top Marvel villains. Like he's involved in everything. He's fought everyone and he's not going to get killed by a fucking fire hydrant. That's it. You, you always simplify it to that. It's funny, but I know that's not what actually happens. They we have Johnny they have, going ham they have on great the fire teamwork. funnel. Yeah, it's great science and teamwork. It's just funny to say it that way. He also gets to make a grand entrance out of the back of a trash truck, <laughs> which I think is very funny. Um, we also, which I always forget that Ben transforms back into Ben. Yeah. And then. Very briefly. Very quickly goes back to being the thing. Yeah. Thoughts and feelings. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what he was, what was going through his head in that, what seemed to be very short time frame. Because I kind of feel like they could have done it without him. <laughs> yeah. He didn't do too much there. Like, he, he did the fire hydrant. Right. To your point. <laughs> I just, like, but is like, it worth <laughs> it for him to be the thing? I don't know. It maybe, doesn't seem like it. Maybe he waited in his head, and he's like, I don't really want to be with Debbie anymore, regardless of if oh, I'm Ben or not. Because you better she's, not be. she's an asshole. And if I'm not the thing, then what am I going to do? Like, go back to working at NASA? All my old buddies are out here being wearing matching here. spandex and being famous. I do he's, wish he had a, more flexibility like the Hulk to turn it on and off. Right. He's I mean, a, I know the Hulk doesn't have that much flexibility, but... He's in a shitty situation. So I guess he, he just made a quick judgment call. Yeah. My note is literally, they defeated 
dot, 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 Dr. Doom, dot, 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 with a fire hydrant. And then in parentheses, I always say this, but good thinking and teamwork. I wasn't even looking at my notes, and I have in here a little more than just a fire hydrant. <laughs> no, I mean, we have a we have a fire tornado. You know, they're, they're superheating the metal, and then, like, they have a plan. This is my last note. For those at home that can't see Molly's notebook, here's the last note. Really sums up a lot of this movie. I'm going to just say it. I don't ship it. Reed is the worst. That's regarding Reed and Sue. And you're right. I'm not I'm not sitting here applauding for them to get together. I'm like, they could both do very well for themselves with other people that are a better fit. And so it I, really just, pisses me off in the next movie because it's all about their stupid wedding and like Reed is being the worst and like, I don't care. Like, just because it happened once doesn't mean it's meant to be like... It happened. It didn't end that great. So just let's move on. Maybe not to Doctor Doom. You know, there's other fish in the sea. I also think it's just more interesting if they're not attached. I mean, I, I get the whole thing is that they're always going to be together. Like, there's no alternative. Like, they're, I don't think they're really shipped with other people. Um, but I feel like if they're unattached, then that leaves so much more room to, like, be with other people and introduce people and introduce villains through them and yeah. as like love interest because then the only person we get is Johnny because I do like the the thing having his person right yeah no it's just yeah it would be cool for them to have a bit more external connections with other characters or people I also it's thought just like that, tied um, up too much with a bow yeah I also thought that proposing before even really getting back together was a pretty bold move. Yeah, let's maybe just start with moving in. Yeah. He's going to propose. Like, you haven't been together as adults. I'm still living in the Baxter building, so I can't move in with you. Like, you guys were in college. (laughs) Really bad idea. Like, if if I'm their friend and I see this happen, I'm I'm applauding, but I'm cringing inside. Okay. That's the movie. So they've won. Um, the person that to me looks like a combination of Justin Long and Nathan Fielder from Nathan for you, uh, comes back into the fold to send doom back to Latveria in a shipping container for some reason. What else would you do? I was like, well, he got, I send him back to Latveria. We can't keep him here. Uh, set up sequel set up. I don't even remember like what he does in the sequel. I'm going to be honest with you. He's like in it at the very end. I think. I wonder if they're trying to do a third. I'm sure they were. Everyone loves a trilogy. Yeah. Okay, so let's play some games. We have some new characters to play with. Yeah, we do. And these are these are fun characters to try to, you know, set against each other. So, well, first question, though. Which power would you want to have? Um, I think I would want to have... Oh, I don't know. I was thinking about this when we were watching the movie, and I'm between Reed and Johnny. I don't think I feel the need to be invisible because that would relegate me to a stealthy role on a superhero team, and I don't really want that. And I definitely don't want to be Ben. I'm sorry. And I don't want to be Doom. So I have to weigh, like, I think it's Reed because not only is it, like, kind of like, ew, Reed's but it's, the like, most fun. practical. Yeah, it's also incredibly convenient. 
I would want to be Doom if it worked kind of like Magneto, where he could manipulate metal and like fly and stuff. Yeah. Which I think he does a little bit in the second one. I don't really remember the second one as well. Um, His they're unclear to me. It was just like you're but, kind of made of metal and you can kind of manipulate metal and also electricity. To me, that that wasn't super appealing. Need to flesh it out a little bit more. But yeah, I think I would choose Reed, even though that's kind of like the boring answer. It is, but like, you know, Johnny can like fly, but at what cost? You know, I already run hot. <laughs> um, do you have some fun facts? Because the one that I know of, and this is like a very general fun fact that I'm sure everybody knows, is that the Fantastic Four has been a lot of different people. Like Spider-Man was once part of the Fantastic Four and like... He's in the game. The bombastic Bagman costume. Yeah, but, like, they switch out people. Yeah. So... This is, like, the core. Right. Yeah. Like, every other superhero team, like, people will just pop in every now and then. I couldn't tell you anybody else, though. Um, so, a couple people that have been part of it, and I'm sure there's more, but, um, I think they're children, Franklin and Valeria Richards, um, Crystal, Medusa... Medusa's an inhuman. She-Hulk, Ms. Marvel, Namorita. That's Namor's wife or sister? And this list that I was looking up on Marvel was not even, it didn't even have like Spider-Man on there, who I know was at least at one time part of the Fantastic Four. So I'm sure there's lots of people, but I did know She-Hulk and Ms. Marvel, which is interesting that we're getting those shows soon. And we know we're getting Fantastic Four at some point in some capacity, and we don't know where they're going to show up. Are yeah. they going to show up in the new Doctor Strange? I don't know. I, I hope I feel so. Like there's a lot riding on Doctor Strange, and I want to lower my personal expectations, personally. I probably <laughs> should, but like, like also like, fuck it. Like, put everything in there. I just hope it's a good story. I think, you know... No, I just don't want to, like, expect them to show up and then they don't and be disappointed. I don't think we're going to get, like, a full squad. Maybe, like, a tease of something. But, yeah. I mean, because, like, if the, the Fantastic Four movie is not going to come out for, like, another two years, like, at the earliest. That's the impression that I get. So and they don't want to jump gonna the gun. play them? I don't know. Should we do some casting? The the fan cast, the, the most popular fan cast of John, John Krasinski, Krasinski and, and Emily Blunt. Blunt which I I'm all like for that. But they seem... They're, it's a little too far off now. It seems how old they want them to be. It seems like that should have happened 10 years ago. We'll see. One of the fun facts that I have is the Reed Richards actor... Ian Griffud. No idea how to pronounce his name. the most Welsh name I've ever heard in my life. Reunited with Chris Evans in Playing It Cool in 2014. Wow. Which seems like something that you would have seen. But what was Chris Evans doing in a movie like that in 2014? I don't know. I was like, wow, this came out the same year as Winter Soldier. I need to see the poster of it, but I don't think I've seen it. It looks like it came out way earlier than 2014 if you look at the poster. Um... And I thought that was doubly great because of the pun with the word uh, cool being in I the title it. with the Human Torch. I do get it. <laughs> I have not seen it, but it does look like something I would have seen. Um, so I had this other note about the thing suit being practical. I already talked about that. But another really interesting 
note that you may or may not know because I may or may not have brought it up before is that this is not the first Fantastic Four movie. What? There was one made. Oh, wait, in the 60s? In 1994. I think you did tell me this, but I had completely forgotten it. And I'm shocked. That movie was made specifically for the studio that had the rights at the time to keep them. Sure. They never planned to release it. Classic situation. But did the cast know that? No. Aww. But it did get released? Nope. (gasps) They never released it. Oh, wait. I I have heard of this. Yeah, it's like people on the internet are like, release the fantasy. Oh, it's, it's out. You can watch it. I just asked. But it's like pirated. Like somebody like had a copy of it from the studio and they leaked it. This looks like it was made in the 60s. Are you sure that was 1994? It was 1994. <laughs> I think we should uh, watch it on the pod. The budget is listed at $1 million. They hired a low budget specialist to work on it. Yeah, I just, I, I couldn't believe that. And some people have been like, are they going to bring back one of those actors for a cameo in Doctor Strange? Be like, this is a Reed Richards variant. And it's the guy from the 1994 movie. And maybe like one person in the audience would recognize him. You know, earlier I'd mentioned talking about um, how Fox never crossed over Fantastic Four and X-Men. And there was a failed attempt that... Would have I, I hesitate to call it a crossover, more of just like a reference. Uh, and I have the scene here, if you would like to, In what to watch movie? part of it. In this movie, there was going In to Fantastic be... In Fantastic Four? Yes. Oh, it's a deleted scene. Yeah. Okay. But it's not good. Okay. It's not good. Well, I guess that's what I thought you always wanted. A stronger man. I'm I'm sorry. So visually, what you all couldn't see was when he said a stronger man, his face turned into Wolverine. Is that a power of his? <laughs> and that was supposed to be. It was going to be Hugh Jackman. No, I They're got that. To, they yeah, do kind no, of look alike. Un, I, I don't know. Can he just change his appearance at will and his hair? I Unclear. don't know. So bad. Well, I guess that's what you meant by Wolverine was maybe going to be in it. Yeah. Uh, I will say that, like, I didn't know what the true nature of that scene was when I first said it today. Um, But this is one of those rare instances where we're not rare. You know, deleted scenes are deleted for a reason. But I don't think any this would have made anybody happy. Like, either do a real crossover or not at all. Not whatever that was. And let's do one last thing. Who would you like to see go up against the Fantastic Four? Um, like individually against the specific people or as a group? Hmm. Probably individually. I think as a group is a little a little tough. Well, like I wanted to do I wanted to pit Spider Man against Mr. Against Fantastic. Reed. How do you think that would go? I don't know. I think Reed would probably win. Which I don't usually vote against Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean... But I don't think Reed is good at, like, fighting. No, but, like, Reed has been around long enough in the comics that surely there's, like, some things that are, like, here are his weaknesses. Like, they can't just have him win every fight. 
but based on like my very limited understanding of his powers, he seems super strong. And yeah, even fighting somebody like Spider-Man who is incredibly powerful, it's just like, if you just like grab, like loop him up and hold on to them, but I guess you could break free. Cause I don't, I don't think it would hold, like, I don't think the webs would hold his stretchiness. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, know I think they stretch past it. Yeah. I know that they fought because in that comic that I referenced earlier, when Spider-Man breaks into the, Fantastic Four HQ, he does fight them. Um, and Spider-Man, unfortunately, <laughs> to uh, combat Johnny Storm's fire powers, builds a suit made out of asbestos. <laughs> Why is Spider-Man fucking with them? I don't know. I don't remember. Um, was, I think he had been Spider-Man had been framed for something by J. Jonah Jameson, maybe, and the Fantastic Four fucking fell for it. I don't know how... I feel like Invisible Woman's hard because she doesn't, at this point in this movie, have any powers other than she can turn invisible. And she does that shockwave thing. Oh, right. But, like, she's still... It doesn't seem like she would be able to hold her own against too many, like, fighters. Yeah. Is there someone else like that? Well, who's the person in Ant-Man? The one that's, like, the phase shifter. Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Ghost would still probably win, though. Oh, I mean, yeah. Ghost it's just is very capable. These, these versions of the characters are hard to judge. They're weak. Because they do so little fighting. What about Johnny versus Iron Man? That's a tough one, because it seems like when Johnny is flamed on, he can pretty much absorb a lot. I think Iron Man would win. So, like, I guess, like, it depends, though. Like, would Johnny... If Iron Man, like, shot Johnny with, like, one of those beams, like, would Johnny feel it or would he just absorb it? I feel like he could also, like, extinguish him. He'd have That's probably the... true. But if Johnny got the drop on him, he could he could do some damage to the Iron Man suit. That thing can only take so much heat, and Johnny can get real toasty. Yeah, that's true. But I think, overall, I think Iron Man would win. Yeah. He's got too many gadgets, and, like, he's, like... He's kind of like Batman, like having these contingency plans. Like if he knew he was going against Human Torch, he would, yeah, he would bring a fire extinguisher suit. <laughs> okay, what about um, the thing? Yeah, uh, that's that's tough because he could definitely tank hits from pretty much anybody. What, the well, I mean, I feel I like get. the obvious matchup is the Hulk. Yeah. Now, if I'm putting this this thing against the Hulk that we've seen on screen, Hulk is going to win. Yeah. Because Hulk is brutal. I think Hulk wins. I think Hulk wins. I think Hulk wins every time, even though, like, more, like, prepared. Yeah. Ben. Yeah, no, I just, thing. I don't, I don't see how he couldn't. I don't know too much about the thing's powers, though. Like, I don't know if it really goes beyond just, like, basically being made out of rock. I don't know if he has... Like more invulnerability or like how much pain he feels and stuff. It's it's hard to judge. But I think if he's not going against the Hulk, he's in pretty good shape against like Captain America or somebody like that. Yeah, because like not much can penetrate him. Right. Like he's not going to like, you know, be sparring with anybody, but he's not going to get like knocked over or knocked out by something that would have that effect on a normal person. What about him versus like Spider-Man though, who can fight from a distance? 
I see. I feel like I would maybe have my money on yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, he could get like webbed up or something. And yeah. there's, there's nothing he could do about it. Yeah, I'd put my money on Spider-Man. Because he's well. Spider-Man's so much faster. Right. Yeah. And ben like, a do- like or like a Doctor Strange. Yeah. Well, Doctor Strange could probably win against any of these guys. Okay, what about switching up universes? Doctor Doom versus Batman. Batman. Well, this is always everyone in the history of like hypothetical matchups. They have to separate the Batman things into two categories, which is one that is Batman with prep time and one without. Because there's always people that are like with prep time, Batman could beat anybody. I would say Batman with gadgets, but not Batman with like a ton of prep time. I think Batman could win that fight. I do too. I think Doom is kind of weak, especially this version. This of Doom. Doom for sure. Comic Doom maybe not, but like this Doom, Batman has like a tool for every situation, and he probably has ones that are made out of plastic. If he's fighting someone that right. has metal, powers. that was kind of what I was thinking of would be a good adversary because there's like metal involved. Yeah, but... I still think he could pull it off. Yeah, I do too. Great. Some fun head-to-heads. Well, I can't wait to see them fight some people in the MCU on screen one day. I'm assuming that maybe they'll end up fighting somebody that we've already met at some point. Because I just can't imagine them having a gentle transition to the MCU as it exists right now. I think the MCU has written themselves into a bit of a corner with the idea of introducing people with powers. Like, I genuinely don't know how they're going to introduce mutants or inhumans, as they're calling them in this universe. They're going to be mutants. Okay, well, still, I just, like... I don't know either. This doesn't seem like a world where you're born with powers. Like, it's always an incident. Yeah, they're going to have to... I don't know how they're going to grapple with that. They're going to have to do a big retcon. Or they're going to have to do, like... I, like what they did in the video game that you played where there was like an explosion and it caused people to get powers. Yeah. Yeah, that was the inhuman thing, which is like what they did in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, where it was like you have these latent abilities, but it's only uncovered once you're yeah. exposed to something. I think... I mean, I believe that they'll figure it out. Like I'm not like worried, but I'm worried that it's not going to feel like the MCU, I guess. Well, yeah, it kind of just goes against the world that they've built so far, but... Like, I'm not asking for mutants to become part of the MCU. Because I like the X-Men series, and I feel like they're either going to get overshadowed in the MCU or not feel like they fit in. Yeah. Well, that does it for our first anniversary episode. Whoop, whoop. I don't know what we'll do for our second anniversary episode, but, you know, it seems like a long way off, but I'm sure by the time we get to it, it won't feel like it anymore. We've got lots of stuff coming up. So much. Old and Yeah. Um, but this is a really good way to celebrate. And if you enjoyed this episode and, you know, if if for some reason you've been nice enough to listen to all of our stuff from WandaVision through now, uh, if you haven't, please drop us a five-star review and tell all of your superhero-loving friends about our pod. And until next time... We are out of the Superverse.